good morning, everybody. Hi. My name is Rena, and I'm a member of the volunteer preaching team here at River Heights. You might know me from standing usually right there and leading worship on some Sundays. In fact, I'll be back there next Sunday. But this Sunday, I'm glad to be here preaching in our sermon series on the miracles of Jesus. In the past couple of weeks, we've talked about miracles like Jesus turning water into wine, Jesus healing a blind man, and Jesus calming a storm. Today, I get to talk about two of Jesus' miracles that are related. I'll call them the miraculous catch of fish, parts one and two. In both of them, Jesus tells fishermen where and when to cast their nets to get a spectacular catch. Please join me in prayer as we begin. God, thank you for this morning and our opportunity to gather in your name to worship, learn, and fellowship. Open our ears to hear you, stir our hearts to know you, and invite us to follow you. Amen. So, why did Jesus do miracles? Why is kind of my question this week. I feel like a, a preschooler or something asking why all the time. So why did Jesus do miracles? Was it to show off? For fun? Probably not. Maybe he had fun, but I don't think that was the primary reason. Uh, as I start studied to write this message, I found so many lists and possible answers to the question of why Jesus performed miracles. You can Google this question if you want to go further down that rabbit hole, too. The more I read, though, it seemed the why could boil down into three simple answers. To show his love, to prove he is God, and to invite us to believe and follow him. There might be other possible reasons why Jesus did miracles, but as we talk about the miraculous catch of fish, parts one and two, let's think about these three. Again, to show his love, to prove he's God, and to invite us to believe and follow him. Let's take a look at the miraculous catch of fish, part one. At this point in Jesus' ministry, he's really just begun. He's been baptized and tempted in the desert, and he's starting to get attention as a teacher and a healer and a miracle worker, but he doesn't have his crew yet. I'll read the text from the Gospel of Luke in a minute, but first let's hear the story in a different way. We're going to watch a short video clip together from a YouTube series called The Chosen. Have any of you heard of this series or seen it? I've only watched a little, but I've heard very good things of people from varied faith experience who have watched it. In this scene, we'll see Jesus telling Simon, Peter, where to catch his, cast his net, Simon's initial reaction, and the miraculous result. Let's watch the video. A little farther out. I don't have a quarrel with you, teacher. We've been doing this all night. Nothing. All right. That's your word.
I told you! I told you! My brother and the baptizer. <laughs> you are the Lamb of God, yes? I am. Depart from me. I am a sinful man. You don't know who I am and the things I've done. Don't be afraid, Simon. I'm sorry. We, we've waited for you for so long. We believe, but my faith, how sorry. Lift up your head, fisherman. <laughs> what do you want from me? Anything you ask, I will do. as well. Yes, you, James and John, come, follow me. I'll take the fish to the market and settle up Simon's debt. I'll get some help to fill both of these boats. Are you sure? Yes, go. What will you tell Ima? <laughs> We've just been called by the man we prayed for our entire lives. And you ask me, what will I say when you miss supper? <laughs> go, now. What a powerful scene, right? Watching something like that helps to humanize the story for me so much. It gives a glimpse into how the people in the story may have behaved or reacted in a way that might not come through in the text.
Like, did you notice Simon's reaction to Jesus telling him to put his nets down for a catch? He was skeptical. You can have that picture. It's a close-up. He was probably tired from, as he said, fishing all night, and yet he humors Jesus and does what the teacher says. Let's pause on that for a second. Simon is skeptical and then does it anyway. Why does he do that? Out of respect? Suspicion that Jesus might know something? To prove Jesus wrong? These are some questions that we can ask, but we don't really know the answers to. But I'm curious. Preschooler, again, remember? But then what happens when Simon puts down his nets? A miracle. When they finally land the fish, with the help from their partners, Simon is beside himself. He's in awe of what Jesus did and who Jesus obviously is, and ashamed of himself in comparison. But rather than shaming or reprimanding him, Jesus says, follow me. I'm picking you on purpose. I know you, and I see you, and I got your attention because I want you to come with me and learn and then do. Let's go to the text for more. And I want to offer some clarification on something that might be confusing. Sometimes in the Bible, different names can be used for the same person. Abram and Abraham, Sarai and Sarah, Saul and Paul. In this case, Jesus renames Simon to Peter. So in different places in the Bible, you'll find him referred to as Simon, Simon Peter, and Peter. You get it? You got it. Luke 5, verses 1 to 11 says, One day, as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Now, go where it is deeper, and let down your nets to catch some fish. Master, Simon replied, we worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let down the nets again. And this time, their nets were so full of fish that they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat, and soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh Lord, please leave me. I'm such a sinful man. For he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught, as were the others with him. His partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. Jesus replied to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. So, why, then, did Jesus do this miracle? First, he's showing love to these people. This miracle meets a need for these fishermen who have caught nothing all night. 
it has a practical effect. At the end of the passage we just read, we hear that Simon, James, and John left everything and followed Jesus. What about the families that they left behind? We know from earlier in Luke that Simon was married, at least. And what about the fishing co-op that they're a part of? Wouldn't this massive catch of fish set them up nicely? Maybe this excessive amount of fish could cover the financial hit of them leaving to follow Jesus. Secondly, Jesus is proving he's God. He sure gets their attention. These are professional fishermen who've been pulling out the stops all night, and they know that there are no fish to be had. And yet, the fish weren't there, and now they're there. Jesus made it happen. Only God could command nature that way. There's no way that Simon, James, and John can deny who Jesus is. Third, Jesus invites them to believe and follow him. This is moving that head knowledge to heart knowledge. We saw Simon make that move in the video. He already acknowledged that Jesus was a great teacher, but when his boat was bursting at the seams with miracle fish, he really knew what it meant. Simon was ready to do anything, and Jesus invites them to follow him. Now, the miraculous catch of fish, part two. This miracle, recorded in John 21, mirrors the one that we just read from Luke. That first catch was at the beginning of Jesus' ministry, and this catch is at the end. Let's set, set the stage. Jesus has been crucified. He was supposed to be the Savior, the Messiah, the King, the Usurper, but instead, he's dead. His disciples have gone back to what they were doing before, presumably. Simon, Peter, James, and John, at least, were fishing again. How did they feel? How do you think you would feel? Would you have felt duped? Embarrassed? Indignant? Ashamed? Angry? so, so sad? I might have felt any or all of these things. This second miraculous catch of fish is how Jesus reveals to them that he's alive. John 21, 1 to 14 says, Later, Jesus appeared again to the disciples beside the Sea of Galilee. This is how it happened. Several of the disciples were there, Simon Peter, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, James and John from the previous story, and two other disciples. Simon Peter said, I'm going fishing. We'll come too, they all said. So they went out in the boat, but they caught nothing all night. At dawn, Jesus was standing on the beach but the disciples couldn't see who he was. He called out and said, Fellows, have you caught any fish? No, they replied. Then he said, Throw your net on the right-hand side of the boat, and you'll get some. 
So they did, and they couldn't haul in the net because there were so many fish in it. Then the disciple that Jesus loved said to Peter, It's the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his tunic, for he had stripped for work, jumped into the water, and headed to shore. The others stayed with the boat and pulled the loaded net to shore, for they were only about a hundred yards from shore. When they got there, they found breakfast waiting for them, fish cooking over a charcoal fire and some bread. Bring some of the fish you've just caught, Jesus said. So Simon Peter went aboard and dragged the net to shore. There were 153 large fish, and yet the net hadn't torn. Now, come have some breakfast, Jesus said. None of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Then Jesus served them the bread and the fish. This was the third time Jesus had appeared to his disciples since he had been raised from the dead. Can you imagine? Your friend and your teacher is gone and then he, he shows up. The YouTube series we watched a clip from earlier, The Chosen, hasn't gotten to this part in Jesus' story yet. I'd love to see how they contrast this scene with the other catch of fish. I think it'll be good. So why did Jesus do this miracle? How does it fit with the three answers that we've talked about so far? Well, it demonstrates his love for his disciples. Maybe they were hungry and needed some fish, but almost certainly they were disillusioned and lonely. He came to reveal himself to them and connect with them again. And I love that he revealed himself to them through familiarity. Do you think that Jesus and the disciples ever had in-jokes, like they teased each other or had shorthand for some situations? I bet they did. They're close friends. They're, they've been hanging out for a while. Like they've, they've got shorthand communication, right? I have one of these with my husband, Brent. Whenever I hear a news announcer or a sportscaster or someone like that say something ridiculously obvious, I'll look at Brent and say, the job of the receiver is to catch the ball. <laughs> Was that from a John Madden video game or something like that? I don't even know, but it stuck with me, and it cracks me up, and it's shorthand for us. The job of the receiver is to catch the ball. So dumb. <laughs> so maybe, even though it's kind and tender that Jesus miracled more fish for his disciples, maybe he's also, he was also winking at them at the same time. This miracle also proves that he's God. Not only does he have the lingo, he commands nature again. He has supernatural knowledge that the fish are on the right-hand side of the boat. And there were so many that they couldn't haul in the net. And even so, the net didn't tear. It's another sub-miracle of the other miracle. And finally, this miracle invites them to believe and follow him. Jesus re-ups his earlier invitation to say, Are you still in? It's still happening. Death didn't win. It wasn't fate. You didn't waste your time. You're not alone. It's not over. And this is a message of hope. With this miracle, with this revelation of himself, Jesus was bringing hope to his disciples. 
that hope and its promise are for us today too. Death doesn't win. It's not over. You're not alone. And Jesus wants to know, are you in? I'd like to invite the worship team to come up. And if you're on the prayer team, would you come up now as well and be ready to pray for people? I invite you all to stand with me now as you're able as well. If you want to go on this journey with Jesus, if you want to follow him and learn from him and do what he did, we would love to pray with you today. In a couple of minutes, we'll move into a time of prayer ministry and worship and then a time of communion. Please come forward for prayer, especially if you want to answer Jesus' invitation for the first time to believe and follow him. I have some tips for you as you go into your week. Our tips usually take the form of a read, a pray, and a do. So probably, obviously, the read tip for you today is to read these two miracles in Luke 5 and in John 21. Maybe something else will stand out to you. Maybe there's another why that you can think of, why Jesus did these miracles. Pray. Ask Jesus what he's inviting you to do. That can be different for everyone. Some of you may be feeling that initial invitation to believe and follow him. That's his invitation for you. Maybe his invitation for you, uh, maybe you'd like wisdom on which side of the boat to have your nets or something like that. Ask Jesus what he's inviting you to do. And for our do, our do tip, it's a two-parter this week. So part A is to continue to pray for strength, encouragement, and guidance about Jesus' invitation to you. And part B, do the thing that he's inviting you to do. It might be scary, but you're not alone. I'd like to close us in prayer, and then the worship team will lead us in some songs and guide us into communion, and will dismiss us when we're done. So God, thank you for your love for us. Thank you that you are God. Thank you for inviting us to believe and follow you. Continue to speak to us around these things.